In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are some stories in the Scriptures, stories that Jesus told that are so good, you don't have to preach. All you have to do is tell the story. It's all in there. Today's Gospel lesson is one of those. It is my favorite parable and, quite possibly, my favorite section of Scripture. I'm very excited. It only rolls around every three years in the lectionary, but we got it today. It has been called the story of the parable of the prodigal son. Prodigal means wasteful. It alternately could be called the parable of the forgiving father because the father really drives the action. Or if you want to be really comprehensive, the parable of the forgiving father and two lost sons. That might be the best title. The story starts out with a bang. The younger son comes to his father and says, Father, give me my share of the inheritance that will belong to me. That was not done in that culture. You didn't get anything till the old man died. In effect, in that culture, he was saying, Dad, I wish you'd drop dead right now. <laughs> it was a verbal slap in the face. The father should have really, by rights, probably boxed his ears and sent him out in the field. But he didn't. He loved the son and he did what he asked. He gave him his share of the inheritance. Most likely, there was land involved and uh, the son probably had to liquidate that quickly at a bargain basement price, land that should never have been sold outside of the family, and farm families know what I'm talking about. But he did, and he left and went to a far-off country, and there he wasted his inheritance with dissolute living. The King James says, with riotous living. Now, I'm not sure what that all includes. The older son believes that he wasted it on prostitutes. That's what he says he did. We're not told that, though. But I'm thinking riotous living, dissolute living, it sounds a little like wine women's song with a little gambling thrown in, doesn't it? That's probably what it was. Anyway, he, he blew it. It was gone. And then, of course, when his money was gone, his new friends were gone, too. He had not, nobody would give him anything. So now he's looking for a job. There's a big famine in the country. The only thing he can find is a job feeding pigs. Well, you know, at first blush, that doesn't seem so bad. I've fed pigs. It's, I mean, it's not the most glorious thing you can do, but it's all right. But this is a young Jewish boy who is feeding pigs. And that is a whole different deal. Because in Levitical law, hogs are an unclean animal. They are an unclean food. You don't eat it. You don't mess with it. You don't touch it. You don't do anything with it. This is a young Jewish boy who is uh, rapidly reaching bottom, as we would say in the chemdep world. Could it be any worse than this? He's feeding pigs. Yes, it could, because he also was eating the same things the pigs were eating. He was eating the pods that the pigs were eating. He is one whisker away from putting his face in the trough and eating with the pigs. It can't get much lower than that. So then he hits bottom. He comes to himself and he goes, man, what am I doing? My father has bread enough and to spare, and here I am dying with hunger. I've got it. I'll go back to my dad, and I'll say, I, I know that I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be your son. Just make me one of the hired men. I'll live out in the bunkhouse. I'll salvage my false pride I, and, and just live out there, which is uh, another and dumber life plan 
So yesterday I verbally slapped you in the face, telling you to drop dead. Tomorrow I'll, I'll earn a little and write you a check and everything will be fine. No, no, and no, it won't. But he heads out back to the father. He gets close and the father looks out, sees him when he is yet afar off. And he, how, how is it that the father happened, just happened to see him when he was yet afar off? It is because he was looking for him. He was looking for him every day, many times a day, hoping against hope that his son was alive and that if he was, that he would return to him, that all would be forgiven. So he saw him because he was looking for him and he ran out to him with his robes flapping and his underwear showing in a most undignified fashion, ran out to him and threw his arms around him. The son wants to trot out his new dumb life plan. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me one of the hired servants. And his father puts his arms around his neck, which is the most painful thing that could happen. He has been trying to deny who he is, a son, albeit a son who has shamed the heck out of him. He is denying a son and wanting to be a hired man. But the arms around his neck say, no, you can't do that. You're a son. Now you've got to own what you've done as a son. Bring a robe, the best one. Put a ring on his finger, tells the servants. Put sandals on his feet because he wants to uh, preclude what happens in the Middle East. still happens today sometimes. It's called the Kizaza ceremony. And what that is is a gauntlet of citizens of the town who line up and hurl insults and dirt clods at the person who has shamed the community shamed the father of this in the community. The father wants to preclude the Kizaza ceremony so that he doesn't have to go through that. He puts a ring on him, a robe. This is a son. Hands off. I love him. So he does. Kill the fatted calf. Let's start, you know, get the barbecue going. Let's get it started. For my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he is found. And then the elder son listens and he starts to hear the music. It is probably the men's stick dance and it probably starts out with the drums. He's hearing that. He says, what's going on? And they said, well, your brother? Your brother was lost and he's back. He's safe and sound. And the elder brother was far from pleased with that news. Oh, swell. Little twerp fritters away half the farm. Now he comes home and they throw him a party. I don't think so. He won't go in. So now he slaps the father in the face. A son who won't go in at an invitation was a huge, huge shaming thing in that culture. So now he doesn't go in. The father comes out a second time in a costly demonstration of love. A second time with a second son. And pleads with him to come in. And the son says, well, sure, this son of yours, he doesn't say my brother, this son of yours, as if he's not attached to him, this son of yours comes home after he's blown half the farm on prostitutes and you throw him a party. I've been slaving for you all these years and I don't even get a little goat for my friends. So, no. And the father says, well, but, but everything that I have has been yours all along. And you're, we have to celebrate because your brother was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. Of course we have to celebrate that. And then there's a freeze frame. 
the end of the parable, and we don't know. We don't know what the older son did. If he decided to get over himself and go into the party, or if he decided to hang on to his resentments and stay out. We don't know. Great story. And usually when we get done with a parable, we look at it and say, who do I identify with in this parable? And, you know, I, I could identify with the younger brother having done some things that I'm ashamed of through my life, having done some things that, you know, probably I took a dirt road here and there. But I can identify with the older son too, the one who was dutiful, the one who did stuff he was supposed to do, and the one who worked and slaved and all. I can identify with that and the resentment about, well, you know, I, I, I did this and look at there, you know. I identify with both of them. Sometimes I have been the younger son, and sometimes I have been the elder son. But what we really want to be in this parable is we want to be the forgiving father. That's the thing we aspire to, to show compassion to people even when they don't deserve it, to be glad when people are recovered instead of being jealous or resentful. We want to be the forgiving father who comes out in a costly demonstration of love to those who have taken a dirt road and to those who are obedient and yet resentful. That's who we become, the forgiving Father. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.